get started. Turn your hymn books to 524. I just want to thank you, Lord. Thank you. 
classified southern songs are written differently. Yeah. Okay. So the yeah. chord patterns are different, everything's different. Uh, I'm used to playing one way. Yeah. So it's okay. a bunch of pre-downloaded stuff I've never played before in my life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I felt bad just looking at it. I'm like, I can tell that flower. Yeah. That I, I know from looking at it, we're used to singing it differently than what's written. Well, yeah. that, that and the chord transitions are different. So like, okay. if I'm expecting a normal hymn chord pattern, it's not that. You did a good job though. Yeah, you did. You did a great job. That sounded good. Yeah. Or were you fast? I think our time key went a little bit faster. Oh, I don't know. I just yeah. went along with it. But oh, okay. just throwing it out there. Yeah. I got to work on how to play that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I can also like uh, look it up and see if find that version too. Because that version says blue, the same as bluegrass grasses. Well, no, that's, that's the way it's written. Oh, it's supposed to. Oh, yeah, written. so oh, it, okay. we sang it mostly the way it's written. I'm just apologizing that oh, okay. the, co the chords I changed It's a different style yeah. than you're used to playing. Yeah, the yeah. way I played okay. it, it was not right. But yeah, okay. Yeah. I thought we just were singing it a little differently than what it was written. That, and you, usually if people are, pl are playing and singing to this, the piano plays something completely different. Right. Stick somewhat to the melody. There were spots where I know that what we were singing, the way we were used to singing it, the notes weren't following along the style. Yeah, most of the time the piano will just play harmony chords. Sure. All right, we are finally getting back to the book of Revelation. So, if I could have Elijah, would you mind passing these out to everyone? Please and thank you. Appreciate it, bud. Did he get that from you or did he get that from What? Mom or somebody. It was somewhere in my family. People used to do that. All right, so today be a little bit different. Uh, I think I, yeah, I mentioned this morning we're going to be going over a timeline that I think in the long run is going to help us, like I said, have that bird's eye view of the whole book of Revelation. All right, so we'll start in Revelation chapter 1 and verse number 19. Let's read this one verse. And we'll Would you say Revelation? 1, 19. 1, 19. Chapter 1, verse 19. Is that what you got? Yep. All right, I'll let you guys stay seated this, this afternoon. We'll go ahead and read. It says, I know thy works. That's 2. 119. Okay, like, Write the things which thou hast seen, and the things which are, and the things <laughs> which shall be hereafter. So let's go ahead and pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for today. Thank you for your word. Thank you that we can assemble, that we can meet, that we can dig into uh, the book of Revelation. I pray that going over this will just help us to have a, a big picture look, and as we continue to study the book of Revelation, I believe this tool will help us to uh, put the pieces together and see things um, as you intend us to. Lord, I just pray you bless our time. I pray this study would be profitable, would be helpful for us. And I also pray that in all these things you'd be honored, pleased, and glorified. We ask it all in Jesus' name. 
Amen. All right. So, digging in here, how do we read the timeline here? Best way to read it is from the top down first and then left to right. So we, we start at the top, the first layer, you read left to right. You drop down to the next layer, next layer, left to right. So, at, whereas opposed to reading left side, top to bottom, No, top. You start at the top. So we're gonna we're gonna go through it here. You'll I think it'll start to make sense as we go through it. Okay. It is a little bit. So the first thing at the top, what's the first thing at the top say? The book of Revelation. Very good, you nailed it. See? We found you. You're back. No, I'm just kidding. So the first line, the book of Revelation, obviously the title of the book. Um, that's kind of pretty self-explanatory, straightforward. The next line. We drop down to the next line, and then we start at the left and work our way to the right. Mm -hmm. So next line down to the left says what? The things which thou hast seen. Yeah. That's the next line. We have our three tenses laid out. So remember we just read that in Revelation 1.19, the things which thou hast seen, and the things which are, and the things which shall be hereafter, past, present, and future, written from the standpoint of the day of the Lord. So present is tribulation and second coming of Christ. Past is the church age, and then future is the, the millennium and the eternity future. So, when we drop down, the first event, the things which thou hast seen, past tense, the day of the Lord, from the day of the Lord, it says in the little line underneath. And forgive me, this is the biggest I could print it while getting it all on one sheet, uh, but I know there's some things that are really tiny on there. You go to the right of the things which thou hast seen, we've got the things which are present tense, the day of the Lord, and then to the right of that, things which shall be hereafter. That's future tense from the day of the Lord. So that tells us where those things are at. Next line down, Daniel's 70th week. That's from the book of Daniel, chapter 9. We're not going to get into that a lot today, um, but just know that is biblically what the tribulation period is generally referred to. Um, so Daniel's 70th week is the tribulation. Next line down, we have um, Daniel's 70th week divided into two different sections there, two phrases that we see. Um, there's that dotted line that runs right down from the middle of Daniel's 70th week. And then we see the two different categories or the two halves of that week. Um, the first three and a half years, the false kingdom of the Antichrist, which is the beginning of sorrows. There's a falling away and a worldwide, can't even read that, deception. There we go. So we will look at these things in more detail as we study the book of Revelation. We're going over this just to kind of so we have a basic understanding, but uh, we're not, we can't go over everything. We'd have to do our whole study on Revelation. So this is just giving us a picture. The second half of Daniel's 70th week is the Great Tribulation. Uh, it's got some references there which we will look up as we study it in the future. So, everybody following so far? Daniel's 70th week is the things which are from the day of the Lord and the tribulation period. That's at the center of the timeline. To the left, the things which thou hast seen, we'll look at in a moment. That's the church age, the things which shall be hereafter, we'll look at in a little bit. Millennial reign, eternity, future. That's how this is laid out. 
So the next line down after that, we see uh, three phases of God's harvesting of the earth. We refer to one of these as the rapture. Um, you'll notice there on the next line we have this, uh, you see that arrow that's kind of more towards the left? It's the long black line that goes up towards the top with an arrow at the top. Everyone sees that? You see that, Elijah? Can you help him? See the arrow at the top? And then there's another one over towards the right side of the paper with the arrow pointing down. Okay, so we got that. So we're following everybody now. So to the left, we see the first fruits. That's the line we're technically on. That's the rapture of the Old Testament saints. That is Revelation 4.1 when the heavens are opened and we see that arrow going up which is the main harvest, bride of Christ, rapture of church. So those two really are the same thing, first fruit, main harvest, Revelation 1. Then we jump over to the next category on the right on the same line, the gleanings, which this, he refers to it as the post-tribulation rapture, remnant of Israel. Uh, you know, that's when the remnant of Israel goes up. It's fine to call it a rapture. The Bible never uses the word rapture. It simply means to be caught up. So this is uh, the harvest of Israel those, the remnant of Israel at the end of the rapture, or end of the tribulation, forgive me. This is when Christ returns. That's why the arrow's pointing down, and we have Revelation 19.11, heavens open. So those two black lines with the arrows are the two times that the heavens open in the book of, uh, book of Revelation. The first time, rapture. Second time, second coming. That divides the whole book of Revelation into three sections. So, <clears throat> there's our three event there. Oh, the first fruits I referred to as the rapture of the church. I was wrong. I'm sorry. That was the Old Testament saints when Christ died and the Old Testament saints left Abraham's bosom and went to heaven. That's what the first fruits was. Forgive me. The next one is the, is the rapture of the church and then the next one is uh, tribulation folks that are Israel going to heaven. So that's what those three things are. Forgive me for that. I don't know how I forgot that or got sidetracked. All right, so Daniel's 70th week, if we go back to that briefly, uh, no, we're not going to do that. I'm sorry. I should have changed the slide. That's where I'm confused. Gleanings, okay. So then we, we just covered the two long lines. First is the rapture. Second one is the second coming of Christ. There we go. Left of the arrow. I think I got too many different things going on here. I'm look yeah, I know. I'm just, I'm looking at the... I'm looking at the timeline, I'm looking at my notes, and I'm trying to make sure the slides are all connected, so forgive me. There's, I guess, too many things going on on my counter here. So, <clears throat> all the way to the left, we have the uh, seven periods of the church age. So that's below the first fruits and the main harvest. We have Ephesus. We'll cover this again in more detail down the road, but you've got Ephesus, which is uh, A.D. 33, to 200, Revelation 2, 1 through 7, so that is the first letter in the book of Revelation. Then you have the letter to the church of Smyrna, which is Revelation 2, 8 to 11. That covers the time frame of 200 A.D. to 325 A.D. Then you have the letter to the church at Pergamos, Revelation 2, 12 to 17. That covers A.D. 325 to A.D. 500. Letter to the church at Thyatira, which is Revelation 2, 18 to 19. That covers the historical time frame of A.D. 500 to A.D. 1000. 
Then you have the uh, letter to the church at Sardis, which historically covers A.D. 1000 to 1500. It's Revelation 3, 1 through 6. The letter to the church at Philadelphia, which is Revelation 3, 7 to 13. That covers A.D. 1500 to early 1900. And then you have the letter to the church at Laodicea. That covers 1900 A.D. to the rapture. So we're in the Laodicean age. And, you know, those dates are not necessarily a hard and fast rule. There may be some overlaps if you were to do like a, a real thorough study, but they're generalizations that when we study these letters and we see this timeline time laid out, we'll see that the letters pair very well with what was going on in the churches in general in those time frames. And uh, we'll see that. <coughs> so let's see. Maintain. Uh, all right, so then we get to the um, book of Revelation. Down in the middle section, we have the um, Daniel's 70th week. We begin seeing the four passes through the book of Tribulation. Remember, we talked about the Tribulation period. The, the book of Revelation records four passes through it, just like there's four passes through Christ's first coming. There's four passes through Christ's second coming recorded in the book of Revelation. So we have the judgment seat of Christ, that is for the church, saints, when we will stand before our Savior at the beamed seat of Christ or judgment seat of Christ and we'll give an account for our works. That marks the beginning, I guess if you will, of the tribulation period, uh, or we'll be, we'll be dealing with that in the beginning. So then it drops down to the seals, the trumpets, the personages, and the vials. So we have these things all taking place at the same time. Now, uh, you know, anyways, that's, that's how they're laid out here. So just to the left of the down arrow, uh, we see the registration mark. So the down arrow is the black line all the way to the right. Remember the first, I think it was the first lesson we talked about the registration marks, about there being uh, some things that tell us when uh, the second coming of Christ is going to take place and kind of resets the timeline for our our uh, passes through, well, the advent of Christ, His second coming, and the earthquake are the registration marks. You'll notice on seal six, we have the advent and the earthquake recorded. Uh, on the trumpet number seven, woe number three, it says, you have the advent and the earthquake. That's on the trumpets. The first one is the seals. Then we go to the personages. Remember, we don't have a, a earthquake recorded on the personages, only the second coming because that's less focused on events and more focused on the people, the characters that are involved in that uh, time frame. And then the last one is the vials, which ends with vial seven. You have the hail, the advent, and the earthquake. So those, those four events, those records of events, reset the different passes through this section of the book of Revelation. <clears throat> I keep wanting to call it the book of tribulation, but that's not it, it's the book of Revelation. Um, the three records of the earthquakes were Revelation 6.12, Revelation 11.13, and Revelation 16.18. And then, of course, the second comings were Revelation 6.12-17, to 11.15-19, to 14.14-20, .14 and 19.11-21. And those are all in there, just so you know. At the midpoint of Daniel's 70th week, six major points are marked that lead to the revealing of the wicked one. 
Who's the wicked one? Antichrist, right. Yep. So, <clears throat> we have in there, uh, it gives us mid-tribulation events, which pivot Daniel's 70th week. You have the head wound assassination. We're going to study these things, so don't panic that you don't know what they mean. Uh, I have to study some of these more thoroughly to be in a position to really teach it. So, um, And then we have war in heaven, Satan cast out. Judas ascends from the bottomless pit. We're going to have to dig into that one. The abomination of desolation, which is when the peace treaty is broken. We have Israel flees to the wilderness. And then we have the mid-tribulation appearance of Jesus Christ. So we have those things uh, taking place. And uh, again, I've got a lot of studying on some of those things. Uh, if you haven't figured it out, I'm borrowing this timeline from somebody else. So some of these things uh, are going to need to be studied. And if I find errors in them down the road, I will let you know as we go and correct those. Um, for now, I don't have anything that I can point to and say I absolutely disagree with this. Uh, there are things on here I can say, i got to study this out and see whether or not these things be so. So we'll get there. All right. To the right of the second coming arrow, we see millennial reign. Well, first we see, yeah, millennial reign, but right above that we see the marriage supper of the Lamb. Um, we've got uh, final rebellion, great white throne judgment. So on this line, yes, left to right. So we've kind of got this here. Then we've got the millennial reign. We have eternity future. So those events are not at the same time. They happen left to right. On the millennial reign, we have the Lord Jesus Christ on the throne of David in Jerusalem. Down below that, uh, nope, actually to the right. We'll go back to the right. Eternity future. We see the references, Revelation 21 to 22. Revelation 21, New Jerusalem. Revelation 22, dispensation of the fullness of times. And then we have some kingdom of God stuff here we're going to talk about a little more thoroughly in a moment. So, <clears throat> I didn't really emphasize the final rebellion and great white throne judgment that will take place at the end of the millennial reign, right before eternity future begins. So that's going to judge all those um, who rejected Christ in the past and those who during the millennial reign uh, were deceived by Satan at his final rebellion. So, we are going to, for a couple moments here, talk about, I haven't really looked at my notes. I've pretty much just gone through this thing without them because it was too much. I was too distracted. So, we're going to just uh, take a couple minutes. I think we're going to be done at a fairly short time, which is probably okay since I kept you so long this morning. I just got to find where my piece on the kingdoms begins here. That's what I'm trying to find, so. So. On the note. I know where it is on the timeline. Okay, here we are. So when we move through the Bible and history, including eternity, in both directions, both of the two kingdoms, the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven, exist. Um, so they're both in existence. However... Uh, they're not always in the same place at the same time. This is where the confusion comes in. God created a physical universe that is governed by spiritual laws. One cannot exist without the other, yet they are not always united and present in the same place at the same time. Kind of what we just said. So we have uh, 
yeah, at the bottom of our diagram, you'll see on there, well, right above that, the kingdom of God is here, the kingdom is spiritually, oh, no, we're at the top of it. I guess I'm not as far along as I thought. So there are times both kingdoms are present on earth because both the king and the subjects are here. Christ is here and his subjects are here. There are times when they are not both present. So there are times when one or both of them are absent from the earth because either the king is not here or his subjects are not here. For example, Jesus as the Son of Man is the king over the physical kingdom of heaven manifest in the nation of Israel. So we divide these two kingdoms because the kingdom of heaven, which is exclusively taught in the book of Matthew, exclusively named, titled the kingdom of heaven in the book of Matthew, is for Israel. Heaven is what? It's a place, right? It's a physical place. Um, so we have physical. God is a spirit. They that worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. So the kingdom of God is a spiritual kingdom. So we have the physical kingdom and we have the spiritual kingdom. Uh, God is everywhere. Heaven is not. Heaven is one place. It exists as heaven. So, um, so we have those two kingdoms, and understanding the divide between the two is important and invaluable in us properly interpreting not just Revelation, but other parts of the Bible. So, what? What do you mean? So, kingdom of heaven is physical. Heaven is a place. Kingdom of God is spiritual. God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. God is omnipresent. Heaven is not omnipresent, which means everywhere at the same time. So, that's how we kind of have uh, broken these up. I had the verses in the, f I think... When did we study the kingdom of heaven and kingdom of God a while back? Oh, on our study through the book of uh, how to study the Bible, um, we talked a little bit more about them, and we looked at some verses. I should have put them together, but um, I forget exactly where the reference is, but it says the uh, kingdom of God is within you, I think it says. It's not meat or drink, but it is in you, it says. You can't see it. You can't touch. Yeah. So the... That's another, I, if I knew the reference off the top of my head, we'd go there, but. And heaven will actually be an actual place. Heaven is a place, right. Yeah. Yeah. So, I should have looked them up, I guess. But, it's this is kind of review from our How to Study the Bible series, but I should have put a little more in it, because it's probably new for most of us, so. All right, so Jesus as the Son of Man is the king over the physical kingdom of heaven manifest in the nation of Israel. The subjects are here in their land, but the king is not here physically. So Christ is the king of Israel, the nation uh, of the Jews, but he's not here physically. He is currently in heaven. So even though the subjects are here, there are Jews here, um, the king is not here, so the kingdom of heaven is right now in heaven where the king is. Now, the kingdom of God is here on earth. The king Jesus is here spiritually living within us. The Bible says in Colossians, Christ in you, the hope of glory. So we know Christ is in us, and his subjects, those who are born again, part of the kingdom of God, are here. Jesus answered and said unto him in John 3, 3, it says, Jesus answered and said unto him, 
Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. So we are born into the kingdom of God through salvation. Both kingdoms still exist at all times, but they weave their way in and out of the Bible and human history because of the location of the king and his subjects. Uh, kingdom of God subjects are spiritual, those who are born again. Kingdom of heaven subjects are physical, genetically, the Jews. Um, and the promise has been made to them that one day they will have a kingdom on the earth. God's going to fulfill that after the tribulation. We are born again. Born again. Yes. Okay. We are the sons of God. We are his children. So, yes, we will go to heaven. Us and Israel are going to have two different roles in the millennial kingdom. Israel will rule the nations with Christ sitting on the throne. The church are going to be part of those that rule the whole world. Israel will rule the nations. Um, so we will get into that more and clarify it more as we get there, but just as a kind of like a very brief, it's going to be two different things. A part of me is like, I don't really want to study this, because <laughs> like, it's, it's so like overwhelming. Overwhelming. But then I, I know there's book of Revelation here that um, he promises. Um, if we read it and it, study it, study it and obey it, yeah. then we'll be blessed. We'll be blessed. Yeah. Yep. So it's important that we do. So the last section deals with the means for salvation. So that's a really brief overview of the kingdoms. If we need to, we may dig into them again in the future, but we'll see. All right, so then the last section, it's the means of salvation. I'm not going to talk about those today because I have not studied tribulation salvation or millennium, eternity future salvation in my life. So... Means of salvation during the church age, we know what that is. Grace through faith in Jesus Christ. Means of salvation during the tribulation, that's something that I'm currently studying. He has on here, endure to the end, refuse the mark of the beast, and harbor a Jewish witness. Those three ways throughout the tribulation period speak to means of salvation. Uh, but I have to study that all out for myself. And then means to salvation during the millennium is obedience to the law and sacrifices. Uh, we'll dig into those when we get there, but right now I have not studied those specific things. And I, I considered blacking them out and just not having them on here at all until I study it, but then I thought, well, if I do that and then I study it and decide that I think it's accurate, then I gotta give everybody new, <laughs> new timelines. Uh, and then we've been following all this time. If I disagree with it, I'll bring a Sharpie and you, everyone can scribble out their own, <laughs> their own thing on there. So, uh, but anyway, so that's kind of, I know I was pretty broken up and I got kind of lost trying to follow my notes and the timeline and the slides, but it just gives us a basic uh, overview. And as we study the book of Revelation, uh, what we may find is that we will refer back to this from time to time to just help us kind of see where things. That's why I wanted us to have it. So everyone has a copy of a timeline. And then as we work our way through the book of Revelation, maybe here or there we'll, we'll say, do you still have that? Let's look at this. This is where we're at right here in the timeline. Especially probably when we are going through the four um, passes through the tribulation, when we're dealing with the seals, the trumpets, the personages, and the vials. When we're covering those, this may come in even more handy. 
and I will say this, where those are on the timeline are not necessarily uh, perfectly placed where they are, but seal one, seal seven, trumpets seven through 11, is that what? Nope. Seal one, seven, the personages, and the vial, not the vials. Those all take place in the first half. And then the, the seal two through six, trumpets one through seven, the second half of the beast uh, from the personages, the beast out of the earth, and then the six, seven vials all take place in the second half of the tribulation period. So they are laid out correctly there, but you know, as far as the timeline, I don't know that we're going to necessarily have a, a perfect, this happens at week seven of the first half, or second half of the tribulation. I don't know that it's going to be that perfect, but it gives us an idea. So I'm, I can be a visual learner sometimes, so having a picture that lays things out helps me, and I figure if it helps me, it may help some others as well. So yeah, so that's where that at. Hopefully it will prove to help us in the future. Uh, and maybe gives us a little bit of a, like I said, a bird's eye view of the book of Revelation so we can just kind of see how things play out. So my goal will be next week to dig into, start digging into the verses of the book of Revelation. It may be like Revelation 1, 1. <laughs> maybe 1, 1 through 3. I don't know exactly yet, but I'll see how far I get. And I'll try not to be as long as today when we covered four verses and this morning, I mean, took all that time. So, any thoughts or comments or questions that I can do my best to answer without digging in too much? Miss Dawn? Yep, you can have these ones right here. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. It, it will walk you through. I didn't even really follow them because. Once I started going and bouncing back, I'm like, now I'm getting all lost. It's going to take us all day. So, But sitting down and looking at the two, it's a lot easier to follow along. So absolutely, you can have these ones right here. Yeah. Erica? Um, well, I'm excited about, are we going to be getting to the first ages? Mm-hmm. Is, um, we get really frustrated by how, how people are nowadays. Mm-hmm. Why are people like this? And it's like, but it's easier to see what way the same age is. Mm -hmm. Yep. And it is neat to see, like some of the church ages, it deals with uh, being martyred, and that's like during the dark ages when the church at Rome was—I shouldn't call it the church at Rome—but when the Roman Catholics were persecuting Christians, and we'll see like just the things that match up. It's just really, really neat to see the historical connections. But as we study through that, we will also see, like you said, uh, the Laodiceans and how it really portrays modern Christianity. We talked some about that this morning in the message, but yeah, very true. Anybody else? Oh, all right, I'll go ahead and close this in a word of prayer, and we can fellowship for a little bit as we go. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for today. Thank you for this time. Uh, Lord, I know we didn't look at a lot of scripture. Um, just trying to lay uh, a foundation, um, just trying to get the pieces in place 
to help us as we study the book of Revelation to be able to fathom and follow as much as we possibly can. And in reality, there's probably going to be things we don't understand. Uh, there'll be things I don't understand. There'll be things I don't have all the answers to or um, that maybe I can't, uh, I can't really thoroughly teach. There may be things that I'm going to come across that are my opinion. That I, it's one of these I can't die on, I won't die on that hill situations, Lord. I just pray that you would help me to understand as much as I possibly can so that I can teach it back and try to help others understand it. Lord, help us have patience with one another, give us grace, and Lord, I just pray that you would open our eyes, that we may, be, may see, uh, that we may behold wonderful things out of thy law, Lord, that we could just understand as much as you want us to. And Father, I pray you'd bless and that you'd help us, and we just thank you for all you do for us.